There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. Hi, I'm Sarah Smith. If you're the type of person that goes to liberty as other people would go on safari, and the fact that John Lewis doesn't have a funeral service makes you fret, Sarah Smith cleaning cloths are for you. Sarah Smith, available from Sainsbury's for the Posher Washer. Proud sponsors of Dumpty Dum. Dumpty 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 Dum Dumpty Dumpty Dum Dum Dumpty 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 Dum 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 Dumpty 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 Dum 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 Lucy Freeman. I don't like being the governor of Alabama. No, George Wallace is a bit of a shit. He was terrible. Yeah. <laughs> so I was did... planning on being a burning shed, but apparently I'm <laughs> governor of Alabama. Who knew? Or a burning cross, maybe. But what? the last part of our Martin Luther King Day is you. Now, I know, Lucy, we've broken with convention here. We normally talk about the archers, don't we, in this little section here about what's happened in the last week. Yes. But it's Martin Luther King Day, and I'm in America, so I'm celebrating that. Okay. Right. So, now... We were jettisoning the archers completely, and we just weren't <laughs> going to mention them at all in this podcast. Oh, do you reckon we I could mean, do that? Thought, not really, no. I mean, we do we do skate fairly close to the edge, but I'm not sure. I think we're going to have to mention it at some point. Okay. There's got to be some kind of overlap between the civil rights movement and Ambridge. Kate Madicane. She is is anything that's got the word rights on it is is associated with Kate Madicane. I like that. I like that. Though it's a different kind of emancipation movement because she went off to South Africa. Though I kind of get you that emotionally, ethically, politically, she's going to line up squarely with that civil rights movement in the sixties, wouldn't she? Then again. Uh, Jennifer, back in the 60s, was a proper radical, so she would have been right behind the Freedom Riders, wouldn't she? She would, and that was in the good old days when Jennifer was about more than kitchens and bringing up other people's children. When she, you know, she was kind of, yeah, she would have been, she would have been politically active, wouldn't she? Hmm. I think it's a little bit harsh to say that's all that Jennifer's about. She's well, it's awesome. all the opportunity she gets, really. Well... There's the village website. So she's about the village and Argus. She promotes um, Argus kitchens, doesn't she? 
Yeah, but she's nothing. She doesn't help the downtrodden in any way, does she? She kind of just celebrates what's already there. Mm. Who isn't this nice? Let's keep it like that. Thank you. That's it. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Now, this week's Dumdy Dum is from Little Horn yet again. And it's from Little Horn, number one, because it's awesome. Number two, because <laughs> I have no time to change it. And number three, because we've got no new ones. So, Lucy, can you remind our listeners how they can win the accolade of Dumdy Dumber of the week? Because we need some fresh ones for 2016. Thank you very much, please. Yes, if you would like to sing us a dumpty dum, give us a plot prediction, or accidentally burn a shed down, then ring us on 02030313105 or leave us a message on Speak Pipe. Thanks to lovely Shamwitches for her amazing voices, to Cosmo for his podcast roundups, and to Sarah Smith for sponsoring us. Thanks also to Derek, who is slightly perturbed today, as his horoscope said, be on your guard as something unexpected could happen to Uranus. <laughs> That that um that that Brit is all spacewalking and stuff, isn't he? I know, Tim Peake. Mm. Yes. You're full of kind of national pride. No, I had to write about it for Radio Four, so I finished up watching it, and it's actually quite um, compelling. It's it's uh, kind of um, it was quite hypnotic, really, and you tended to forget as you were watching him. It was very restful watching him fiddling mm. around with them, um, you know twiddling screwing things onto other things and and plodding along around the space and then you suddenly have to keep reminding yourself he's in space this isn't just like watching someone change a light bulb he's in space and every now and again that would sort of come back to me yes no it's very good well i must admit i haven't seen him in space though i've, I've seen all, all the tweets and everything but if you want to see a spacewalk which is which is not going to be restful you want to watch um, that old matt damon in the martian Fwah. That that that's awesome. Have you seen that? Uh, no, I've heard about it. I've heard a lot about it. No, very good film. Very What's good that film. with Sandra Bullock where she gravity, goes... oh gravity? Oh my god! That to go and breathe into a brown paper bag watching that. I'm going to throw up. All that whirling around—it's horrendous. Mm, a Mind great... you, I could even watch that that David Attenborough thing about the sea without feeling a bit queasy. So. Really. <laughs> Yeah, I get really badly seasick and it doesn't really take a lot to, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's quite embarrassing, really. <laughs> well, it's a good job then that we basically comment on a rural soap, which is far is. away from the sea. If we were doing Howard's Way, it would be a disaster. Gosh, wouldn't it just? For many reasons, <laughs> not least because I'd be being sick. And because we wouldn't really be reporting on any new shows. So that stopped, what, about 30 years ago? <laughs> yes, but the memories linger. Hmm. More's the pity. On this week's show, we have calls from Andrew White, who says we're a gateway drug. Vicky Cole, I love me some Vicky Cole. Vicky Cole, who's pleased Haley's back. Michelle, who's loving the feminist agenda. With a spoon, who's frustrated with Phoebe. Blythe Spirit, who's annoyed with Charlie. Vicky from Cambridge, who loves him. And Michelle from Rhode Island, who says the show is a feminist utopia. But first, before all of that, Let's hear about Lucy B. Freeman's week in Ambridge. We began the week with a very odd little scene in which poor old Ed was hauled out like the village idiot in front of the vicar and had to say, 
I'm a farmer and it's really hard even <laughs> though there is Jesus or something. Then Alan made a very moving speech about, I can't tell you how much it means to me to see people like David and Ruth and Shula making a go of things with only vast amounts of family money and land. I bet the Grundys appreciated that. <laughs> Question one. Why do Rob and Helen find it so difficult to believe that Ian might be a teensy bit upset with them and not be gagging to be godfather and continue his association with the world's most dysfunctional family. I mean, I understand Rob's refusal to engage with anyone else's point of view, but Helen is not emotionally retarded. Mm. Matthew and Tom had a chat in the pub, I think, or possibly it was one man chatting animatedly to himself. I'm not sure. Then, thankfully, Jazza turned up and started chasing the pigs around the village, shouting, Thunder Budza Go! Which was A, lovely, as we all adored Jazza, and B, <laughs> it meant I knew who at least one person speaking was. The pigs went on the run, desperate to make it to Grange Farm and the delights of the underfloor heating. The Keystone Cops cornered them eating a load of pellets belonging to they turkeys, which for some reason caused Tom to laugh hysterically. <laughs> he spent this whole week laughing. Maybe he's taken that nitrous oxide stuff. He couldn't get through anything without giggling. Rob unchained Helen from the cottage and rechained her to the poolside at the health club. She opted for a foot, <laughs> leg and scalp massage. What a bizarre combination. I'd have gone for the elbow in step and earlobe. Ben nearly forgot his packed lunch. More news on that as we get it, but Tom thought it was funny. Uh, Matthew chased Ruth around Brookers, wanting to show her a catalogue of Welsh mules. So that's a particular type of Welsh shoe she's going for now. Well, <laughs> it's better to specialise, I suppose. Jennifer, inspired by Shula throwing a party for Docky Locky, which consists of a load of people who were utterly unknown to him, decided to rush about officiously organising Charlie's leaving do. Tom laughed. The first people she invited were Rob and Helen. When even Helen realised that Rob might not be top of Charlie's list, Jennifer said, but he's going so far away. How on earth does that work? Well, I think he murdered my mother, but he is going to the Isle of Wight, so I've decided I like him. <laughs> Toby decided to give Rex a talking to about women. There are plenty more fish in the sea, Rex. You just need the right bait. Yes, mm. a very small, slightly waterlogged worm in your case, Tobes. Talking of worms, Phoebe has been dumped by Alex. And quite right too, has he sounded like a fair brethren in the making, if you ask me. Anyway, the village was delighted that they'd got shot of another outsider and celebrated by pushing Phoebe into a tree, throwing toast at her and then setting Oliver's shed on fire. It's like the bloody wicker man. Question two. If Mike was looking for a job at Barrow and that's closing down, what excuse are we going to have for Mike hanging around now then? Please say he is going to continue. Please say he is going to continue to grace us with his one-eyed milky presence. With hindsight, I should phrase that better. <laughs> Ian let Adam have a lie-in. He said Adam was sleeping like a baby, waking up screaming every hour and then pooing himself. Then Adam trolled off to Charlie's leaving party, and Adam and Charlie had their usual bewildering conversation that started off with, "So, how are you?" and within two seconds had gone to DEFCON 6 with their usual clenched teeth. You know, I know, you know. And then a massive snog, while poor Ian sat in the kitchen at Gay Grable's crying into the Vichy Soise. Not even Laughing Boy would find that funny. As Hootie Jill fluted, love makes fools of us all. The end. Oh, that was good this week, Lucy. What did you think about the Charlie and Adam thing? Well... I'm going to back up a step here because I've said many, many, many times before that Ian is the wise Buddha. He is the, um, you know, whatever comes out of his mouth is always reasoned and just, um, you know, throws light on the situation. Not so much now. 
number one, uh, though it was understandable that you ripped into Helen, um, that was kind of un Ian like, incredibly understandable. And I'm not saying mm-hmm. it was against character, but it wasn't, you know, the Ian of old. You'd have thought the Ian of old would have said to a Helen, um, you know, you you knew that this thing had gone on you didn't tell me why etc cetera, etc cetera. but he reacted in a in a very human way then he hasn't confronted adam which... well that's it that's where the frustration with helen comes from isn't it mm. yeah no he's it... so furious with adam he yeah. can't talk to him so he's it... just blaming uh, listen a- a- absolutely absolutely and he ha- he's had uh, numerous opportunities now. And of course, the invitation to Charlie's leaving do, he could have said, well, look, you know, I know something has gone on here, etc. Uh, but I'm kind of loving Ian not being the, the perfect being that we always said that he was, you know, mm. that he's actually uh, shown himself up to be human. He doesn't know how to deal with this situation. I just want to hear more of him. I want to hear more of this frustration. I want to feel more of his anguish as opposed to it just being tacked on to the the main plot point, which is Adam and Charlie's uh, frustrated uh, romance, you know. Well, poor Ian always ends up being a sort of an adjunct to someone else's storyline, doesn't he? Absolutely, absolutely. You know, when he when he was at Grey Gables, you know, in the kitchen, he always it, things were always happening. Then it was how it affected Ian tangentially, wasn't it? You know, mm. it, kind of on the side. Stories are never really ever about him. No, you know, and I think he should be up front and centre with this one. Yeah, it does feel as if he's been. <sighs> I, I don't understand because we don't know him in any other context other than him and Adam and him and Helen. Mm. I don't know why. I don't know him well enough. If you see, you know, that sounds really stupid, but I don't know him well enough to know why he isn't talking to Adam about it because mm. he doesn't strike me as somebody who would shy away from stuff. No, 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 exactly. Exactly. He has always been the go to person if you had a problem and he would sort it out in a very kind of calm way, which was because when, when I first started listening to to uh, to the archers, it was Jean-Paul. Remember him and the crazy yeah. Frenchman in, in the kitchen. And and then, you he know, was, Jean-Paul was like Anatole in P.G. Woodhouse. He was in that kind of vein of always threatening to hand in his resignation. Exactly. And, Oh, I cannot work under these conditions and leaving and everything. It was all very exciting. Whereas Ian came in and he was the bipolar opposite. You know, reasonable, calm. There were always problems in the kitchen, but he could always sort it out, you know, with an extra tray of volivons or whatever. There was never, (laughs) never really a problem. (laughs) So, um, but we've seen Ian become human. And and I must admit, I love it, but I just want more Ian. Because... I've always thought that he was too good a true a character, too good a character actually to mm. be true. Being some someone who sometimes calls themselves a, a Buddhist and whatever, I I always kind of aspire to be as calm and as rational as Ian. But you know, we are human, and he's gone through with a wedding. He's now married to somebody who he knows has been unfaithful um, just before. And has kept that from him. And that yeah. must be absolutely terrible. Yeah. You know, and he can't confront Ian. So but why? Why can't he? Why, 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 why? He can't confront no, Adam, no. I mean. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I want that, hence, I want him to be up front yeah. and centre in this much more than he is. You know, uh, when you said there's nothing that can't be, be fixed with a tray of volleyball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It sounded like Mrs. Overall. Nothing like a tray of my homemade macaroons. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, I'm sorry to hear Mr. Clifford's been murdered. Would anyone like a... <laughs> yes. Should we do the calls? Because everyone's saying the same thing. Mm, are they? Yeah. Well, no, I don't mean everyone's saying the same thing. But a lot of people are saying the same sort of thing about um, Adam and Charlie. All right. There, there's no Ian. Ian. Ian and All Charlie. All right, then. Sorry. So, I'll go ahead. <sighs> Let's do this, then. Um, Lucy, should mm-hmm. we go to the phone lines now? All right, then. Smash in. Hello, Ambridge 3962. This is a truly momentous occasion. Uh, This is Andrew White from Portland, Maine, New England, United States, North America. Uh, It was one of my New Year's resolutions to call into Dumpty Dum. We've been Archers fans for probably the better part of a year and a half now, so complete newbies. Uh, But I have managed to convince the husband that um, uh, the Archers is a wonderful thing in our lives, and he is now addicted to them, although he did uh, become addicted to Dumpty Dum first. Um, So you were the the gateway drug. We now have to take long drives on Sunday so that we can listen to the Omnibus uh, via the podcast. Um, Did want to let you know that we have started up the Portland, Maine branch of the Gene Harvey family club and we are solidly uh on team ian uh vis-a-vis his um uh tiff with helen we will endeavor to have more pithy comments at a later point but wanted to to thank you so much for all you do uh we laugh we cry and uh we love being part of this community happy january andrew white from portland very nice to hear you first time Mm -hmm. caller in the row um he says they have to do long whoa, whoa 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 back up back the truck up now, you know, <laughs> I'm in, you know, I no, about the truck, <laughs> you know, I'm in the good old US of A at the moment. Yes. Right. Now, I had um, a rather lovely Saturday in Sonoma County, uh, Northern California, with one Robin winning and her husband, Jeff. And her parents, um, or was it a grandparents? It must be a grandparents came from, and I forget where, um, in, e- in Eastern Europe. But they were Jewish emigres back in the early 20th century. And they only uh, came into the United States in through Portland, Maine. Oh. That's what I'm just saying. So thank you for a lovely date wine tasting, Robin and Jeff. Jeff makes a lovely pea and ham soup. It's stunning, Lucy. Stunning. But anyway, uh, Portland, Maine, that was my link to that. Go, Andrew White. <laughs> Um, he has set up the Auntie Jean Harvey fan club Mm -hmm. Uh, not Auntie Jean Harvey not our Auntie Jean I mean Jean Harvey Mm -hmm. Um, the diva the diva of amateur dramatics Mm -hmm. Um, and uh, they're taking long drives in order to listen to the have you done the sitting in the supermarket car park waiting for the archers to finish before you go in um, no, because I get a cardo deliveries, but I have pulled over whilst driving. Um, I think I, you know, when, uh, Hayley, the whole Hayley Downs baby, uh, storyline, I did have to pull over on Chamberlain Road in Kensal Rise and just gather myself whilst I was listening to that. Oh, mm. that oh. was one of the most moving bits of radio. Yeah. Seriously. My, my eyes moistened and I was like, oh crumbs, this is good. Hmm. Do you mean Vicky, not Hayley? That's exactly what I mean. It's not what I said, <laughs> but it's what I meant. I was thinking, my God, I've missed an entire story. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, yes, it's very nice to hear you, Andrew. Welcome to the team. Um, I will not be joining your Gene Harvey fan club, but I'm very glad there is a Gene Harvey fan club. Mm. Um, yes, next is Vicky Cole in Kenya. Mm. Oh, and he's the first time caller in her. So I know, I said... To... Did you? Yeah. Sorry. Well, we don't know what he does. Um, we yes, we don't. No. So, so we we didn't even get the chance to salute him to unsalute. No. <laughs> but anyway, an email from someone later who wants their salute back. Yes. If that's okay. Possible. Uh, it's getting very confusing. This what with the order of the Johns and the people calling back salutes. I don't know where I am. Vicky Cole in Kenya. Hello, this is Vicky Cole in Kenya. Uh, my first call of the year. So happy new year to Lucy, Royfield, Andrew and everybody. Um, I'm sure I'm not alone being absolutely on the edge of my seat, leaning forward, physically urging Kirsty on now. Um, I think we're going to have a race against time between Kirsty putting two and two together, talking to more people about it um, and getting more and more concerned. And Rob, who will maybe realise what's going on, try and limit Helen's access to Kirsty and try and turn Helen against Kirsty. And I think we're in for some really chilling drama. Um, it's, it's going to be hard listening, but it's brilliantly written and it's brilliantly acted. Um, and, you know, huge congratulations to the Archers. The only other thing I picked up on this week I wanted to mention was at the Wassail, when there was a, um, a little tiny moment, a little frisson maybe between Roy and Hayley. Um, how lovely to hear Hayley back when they were saying, you can be apart from the person you love and it doesn't matter. Um, it would just be so great if Haley and Roy got back together. It'd be great for Abby and Phoebe. And uh, I, I love Haley. I think she's a great character and it would be really nice to have her back. Um, mm. Vicky, that was a very nice call, but we need lions roaring in the background. <laughs> of uh, Steve Bakshel, David Attenborough type natural drama. Mm. Um, yes, it was so nice to hear Roy and Haley, and they did it so beautifully talking to Phoebe together. I have to say, if that was me talking to Phoebe, uh, I... hello, I'm with you with what you're about to say. I don't even I... know what you're about to say, but you're going to come out with some bloody common sense. So hit us. There with it, Lucy. was no way I would have been as relaxed and as calm and as well, you know. Other men will come, other boys will come along, Phoebe, and it's a big decision to... I'd have got her by the throat and said, if you think for one second I'm letting you not go to Oxford because of that tit, you've got to think. <laughs> um, that's what makes me the dictatorial hideous mother. No, no, no. It makes you a calm, rational human being. <laughs> you can be angry and still be calm, you know, and I'm sorry. I don't think I would have been calm either. But honestly, that, no. what, ass? Well, no, but I do not believe that if your offspring is about to go to one of the premier, most prestigious, august educational establishments on planet Earth, and some fly-by-night boy says they don't want you to go, that you would actually say, I'm sure you'll come to the right decision. You will yeah. say... This no is the right decision. This, yes. There is only one decision to yeah. make, and I will frog march <laughs> you to Oxford. For you. Thank you. Yes. you. You wouldn't have. You would not have said what they said, right? right? You wouldn't. 
And whilst we're at it, don't you think old Kate would have something to say about her daughter going off to... She wasn't answering her phone, was she? That's what people said. And What? For the whole duration of the... So we've yeah. gone from a week of the envelope to the wassailing nonsense. Yeah. And yeah. then, oh, so what? A mum hasn't answered her phone for a week. Yeah. Well, she's obviously got a part in something else and disappeared again, hasn't she? Or they've run out of money again. So we're back to a five-cast archers. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, till they get the tax rebate, then everyone can come back again. Mm. But yes, no, I did. I think that I, I, I yeah, I, I didn't think that was. I thought that I thought Haley was unbelievable. The kind of parent that you read about and think, oh God, when you're feeling a bit inadequate, and then when you're feeling normal, you just think, oh please, as if. Um, and I think Roy. I don't. I think Roy would have reacted more strongly than he did as well. Exactly. Because I, th- I think, it, especially for a, a father watching their daughter being, you know, courted by some little oik, I think you would. He, I think he'd come the heavy father much more than he did. Mm. Um, but I just liked hearing Roy and Haley back again. No, me too. Me too. And there was that nice little bit where they said, I think other people have mentioned it. The calls, you know, oh, when you love someone, it doesn't matter how far away you are. And I was thinking, get back. Please, it's not too late. But then where would Kirsty live? That's another worry. But anyway. For a second, you know when you mm. says when you love someone, mm. I thought he was going to say you should set them free. <laughs> no, no, the opposite. Oh. When you love someone, become obsessed and never let them leave the house. That's, okay, the, good. that's the rule. You got that right. I had yeah. that song lyric just in my brain just for a second. I thought, oh my God, was that completely the opposite thing? But anyway, <laughs> where are we? Uh, so we, uh, are, are, we, oh, are we still with Vicky? We're in Kenya. Mm. Now we're moving to Rhode Island. Smashing. Which oh. is not Rhode Island at all. It's Rhode Island, obviously. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. So that's the smallest state in the Union. Is it? Mm. Titchy. Nob. Hi, Lucy and Royfield. It's Michelle from Rhode Island. Loving the Archers this year. Um, loved how it started with the three women talking. Loved how Peggy asked Jill if she's so happy because she has a new man. And Jill says, no, it's better than a man because women in Ambridge get really excited about business. So there's so much going on about codependent relationships. It's just fantastic. Adam trying to get Ian to go to this party. It was just sort of like, is Adam just trying to get Ian to save him from loving Charlie, which he obviously does. Phoebe and Alex storyline. I mean, there's so many examples of this kind of immature, needy kind of love and then we have some great examples of love built on mutual respect for one another. So the Robin Hound storyline is easier to listen to when you look at the overall picture of what a feminist program this is right now with all the female business owners, with so many relationships that are going well. They're just really highlighted. They just sort of seemed normal before this Robin Helen thing um, started, and now we see how really extraordinary they are. Of course, this is me listening just for the past few years, so I don't really know the history of all of Brian and Jennifer's situation. But now at the beginning of this year, Brian was making Jennifer tea and serving her. Anyway, thanks. Bye. Is Adam (laughs) trying to force Ian to be his safety barrier? Yes, he is. What Adam was doing, I think, was the... The equivalent of asking someone to be your security. It's like saying, can you please take my... If I have 
more than three glasses of wine can you please remove my keys and my um well not your keys anymore because nobody drinks and drives because we're all sensible um but can you please remove my mobile phone so i can't mm. ring you know my ex or whatever um uh so and and he was basically adam was trying to force ian to do that and i think that's why ian was saying no i'm not going to you know you've you've, you've got i don't believe that he wants sorry someone tilly what's the matter hello we need to know what's for dinner pizza uh he said hmm sorry (laughs) (laughs) what pizza are you having um, I don't know. It's um, Auntie Margie who looks after them on a Monday. Doesn't mm-hmm. like cooking, so we just they just have pizza on a Monday. Oh, pizza and carrot sticks and hummus. Nice. Which kind of makes it slightly better, but probably not very much. <laughs> 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 I'm lost now. What was I driveling on about? Uh, something yes, to do boxing. with someone it's, taking it's your like, keys like, of your car yes. and not drinking and it's driving like and your phone passing. drunk dialing, drunk yes. texting, something like, like some, that passing you a fluorescent jacket and a hard hat and saying right you are now security for me for the rest of the evening because i can't trust myself and if you're sensible you say well actually if you want to make an art of yourself that's up to you Mm. and i'm not going to protect you and that's kind of what ian did i think if he'd really wanted to go to uh charlie's party he would have done he could have done um but and you could hear it in his voice when he said why would i be worried about charlie um and he wants he wants Adam to you know stop writing checks his dick can't cash basically and and either you know do do it not do it. <laughs> that's it um, yes and it was nice with all the different examples of the different sort of relationships as Phoebe and Alex and then there's the more mature love um, mm. of the, the you know the older characters and all that um, and and I was thinking about oh, Brian and Jenny you know they've been together for years they get on very well now. But thinking actually what he's put her through, he completely humiliated her. I mean, he was shagging Caroline for ages, wasn't he? Mm. And, you know, and just completely humiliated because everybody knew. And uh, Jenny was a friend of Caroline's. Um, He shagged Sinead. He didn't seem particularly astonished when Jenny said she'd look after his child. It was just sort of, oh, yeah, thanks very much, Jenny. You're a good good sort sort of thing. And then he was after old Annabelle's shrivel face, wasn't he, for a while? So it's sort of, yeah, uh, because Brian has become sort of jolly old man Brian, it's quite easy to forget what an evil old shit he used to be, really. Hmm. Yes. <laughs> you were asleep. Hello? No, Hello? no, no. I'm, I'm here. I'm here. I'm, I'm here. I'm here. I think it kind of just shows you with, with their relationship that um, it isn't just uh, the all of his infidelities. Though Jennifer, we, and we always forget this, Jennifer went off and had an affair, didn't she? We did always she? forget that. Yes, she did. And Cosmo will remind me as, as exactly, remind us next week as exactly who she had it with. She had an affair in the 90s. And I'd forgotten about this. And I only, only Oh, got... that historian chap. There you go. There you uh, go. There you go. Yeah. Good. I'm glad she did. <laughs> good for her. Mm. Next, with right. a spoon. We'll see you now. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling. Toss salads and scrambled eggs. Mercy. 
Greetings, Lucy Royfield and all Dumpty Dumbers around the world. It's Witherspoon and Angus Haggis here, getting ready not to host a going-away do for one closeted farmer in a village in the heart of the Midlands of Britain, but to host a party for 75 gay doctors in Greenwich Village, New York. I think it will be a more festive occasion than Jennifer's soiree. So guess what? Today I'm not going to talk about dreary old Rob and Helen, nor about David and Ruth. Midweek, I sent a message to Royfield and Andrew saying that I was infuriated at young Phoebe when she was waffling on Oxford and professing her undying love for Alex, whatever his last name is. Now, here's a bit about myself. I grew up in Brooklyn and Queens in a working-class family, and neither of my parents attended university, or college as we say in the vernacular here. Now, my dad was a very smart man, but when he returned from the war, he never got his educational act together and always regretted not continuing his studies. I worked very, very, very hard during school and was blessed with good genes and was one of two in many a year from my high school to get into one of the big three of the Ivy League, equivalent to Oxbridge. Princeton, much like Oxford, is a special place where I received an excellent education, met the finest people from every walk of life, and still, it still continues to open doors for me some 35-plus years later. I also maintain many great friendships and make new ones through our alumni network. Anyway, I digress. Phoebe has the same opportunity, and for her to have thrown it away for some boy who probably is still applying acne medicine on his face at night was just infuriating. I laughed on Thursday when ten minutes after she was still waxing poetically about their love, they were dumping each other, and she was hell-bent on Oxford again. If it were my kid or grandkid, I probably would have been a tad more assertive than Jennifer, Roy, and Haley were in expressing my opinion that Phoebe would have been throwing away the golden ticket if she stayed with Alex, but I thought that Roy and Haley were sweet and made a good team. Poor tens, poor tens. Did you take note of Haley's comment that true love can withstand a separation of distance? Nice to have Haley back. Speaking of true love, love, or the lack thereof, I really had to laugh at Adam and Charlie. How cheesy was that final scene of the week? What's their supposed love based on anyway? You're a great farmer. No, you're a great farmer. I love you. No, I love you. Kissy, kissy, kissy. You know how I have felt about the writers breaking up the one gay relationship on the show, but gee, maybe Ian should dump his newlywed husband who can't seem to keep his eye and mouth from wandering. But then again, Ian's mother-in-law took her philandering husband back, and now they're among the bedrock couples of the village. So, we'll see. Gotta go change my outfit now. Until the next party, I mean next time, it's Witherspoon and Angus Haggis signing off. Hey baby, I hear the blues are calling Toss salads and scrambled eggs. Mercy. Witherspoon is going out with 75 gay doctors in Greenwich Village. I don't mean he's going out, I mean he's spending the evening with them. He's not going out with all of them at once. Um which sounds very exciting, and I wish I was there. Um, yes. Uh, did, yes. Did they all I go th- to Princeton as well? I don't know. No, oh, okay. He didn't say. Um, he said he was frustrated with Phoebe, um, and that he couldn't. He didn't know Alex's last name. Git is Alex's last name. With a spoon. <laughs> Alex. Git. Um, I was thinking something with a spoon said made me think mm. that. I reckon possibly Ian will confide in Jennifer and say that he's thinking of leaving Adam 
something will happen and 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 Ian will talk to Jennifer about it and Jennifer will say kind of well it's if something's worth saving you have to put up with it in the way that she did with Brian mm. and Ian will say no get stuffed mm. that is an ill-formed thought that you know <laughs> no 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 I think that's a fairly valid plot prediction because really we've did. kind of had that that lead up to it when he said to you're the best uh, mother-in-law uh, yeah ever. which yeah. was kind of and their relationship had never been really mentioned before mm. so and, and jennifer's such a wally about her children she's kind of well, so uh, no, you this... know you said that their relationship's never really been mentioned before that's not really true because remember when adam came out as being gay yeah. it was jennifer that smoothed things over massively with brian and remember, Brian, for a long time, couldn't quite get his head around the fact that Adam was gay. Remember? Yeah, but that was for Adam, though, not for Ian. No, no, true. But it was. But then, again, Jenny was the facilitator that, you know, that says, no, you've got to come round and have dinner, etc. So Jenny and Ian have, you know, had um, a relationship of sorts. It's just that it's never really been explored. It was very much in the context of... Um, their son coming back from Africa. I forget where Adam was in Africa. It's somewhere in East Africa. It's probably Kenya, wasn't it? Anyway, somewhere in East Africa. And he comes back and uh, and then he comes out as, as being gay and Brian just going, oh, oh crumbs, you know. Yeah. And it was and it was Jenny that said, no, we've got to invite Adam and Ian round for Sunday dinner, et cetera, mm. et cetera. Yeah, but that was just because Jenny can't bear any uh, upset in the family around the children, can she? I doubt it had anything to do with, with Ian. It wouldn't have mattered whether she liked Ian or not. It would have just been about, oh, I do hope you're not going to be cross with Adam, Brian. Mm. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I think we're just, uh, you know, uh, doubling down on the point that Ian as a character seems to be massively underserved. Under, now, he's underwritten, definitely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, absolutely. Should we do Blythe Spirit? Oh, yes, please. Hello, Dumpty Dum, Blind Spirit calling. Well, since it's the first call of 2016, I just wanted to wish everyone a very belated but very happy new year. And I hope you all had a wonderful holiday. Um, many thanks and kudos to Andrew Horn for co-presenting the podcast last week. Proper job. Fantastic. Really enjoyed it. Very wonderful listening. As for the week in Ambridge, well, firstly, Phoebe and Alex. Honestly, isn't Alex a complete knob? I'm, I'm really, really pleased that she shot of him because setting aside my own very particular views of Oxbridge, if she has the brains and the talent to go there, then she definitely should. So she's well shot. As for the storyline that shall not be mentioned, very interesting developments. And you can tell in Helen's voice now she's really starting to get naffed off with Rob, isn't she? And her physical condition isn't great. I personally think that the only reason that Rob, now he's displaying his temper, has not taken it any further is because Helen is carrying his child. Otherwise, the listening could be really, really unpleasant. But now that Kirsty has cottoned onto this, Hopefully it will give the storyline the forward momentum that it desperately needs. You know, Kirsty's a smart cookie. She's not going to let this go. And hopefully she is going to offer Helen the escape route that she de- she really desperately needs now at this point. Loved the Wassell storyline. Really loved it. It was old Archers, wasn't it? Cosy and nostalgic and everyone having a wonderful time. That is until, oh, the editor couldn't resist, could he? Sticking a drama on the end with a flipping fire. Honestly. Things like this just need to be, you know, just let them be. Everyone's having a nice time. They're all drinking cider. They're all running around trees and touching bits of toast to it and just enjoying themselves. Don't stick a drama on the end. Just leave it alone. Finally, Adam and Charlie. Charlie, go to Perth. Leave him alone. The man has a civil partnership with a man who is desperately in love with him and 
their established couple. He now has a ring on his finger. Let it go. Leave it alone. I found myself shouting at the radio when they started snogging at the end. It just drove me nuts. It's like, oh, for goodness sake. Yes. I, well, well Blythe Spirit was shouting at Charlie. Mm. Leave it. Um, which I can see, but I think Adam has to at least take half the responsibility. And of course. I think, I think Adam is living in cloud cuckoo land. But a lot of people do out of convenience because they like to say, everybody has this, we can still be friends, bollocks, and you can't. If it is seri- if it was serious enough for you to have to be together and then split up and you have to make a very horrible decision which, which necessitates that, mm. then you've taken that mature decision. Now continue the, the, the being the grown-up and appreciate that to keep seeing the person is just going to be either torture for you or for them and acknowledge that you are only doing that because you think there is a slight off chance of it happening again. That's absolutely, in my view anyway, that's completely why people, you know, and it was fine, you know, we were just going along being really just friends, you know, and it was really, really nice. We were just friends and nothing happened at all. And then one night, blah, blah, blah. And you think, oh, as if you didn't know that that one night was never going to happen. Of course, you know, the whole thing has been set up around that. The whole thing, the whole let's just be friends thing is posited around the fact that I can't actually let you go. I still just want to be able to, it's like having an an emotional oyster card. I just want to be able to just touch back in again whenever I want to really. I just, I just, I still need a key. And that's what Charlie was doing to that. Sorry. That's what Adam was doing to Charlie. And it's not on Adam, you know, Charlie said, will you, will you leave Ian for me? Adam said no. And then Adam should have, completely avoided Charlie for until he left. That's it. You know what, Lucy? You're going to I, tell me I'm a long No, cow no, no. You've made <laughs> such a powerful uh, argument there for saying that if you've had anything to do with somebody, you then need to break off all channels of communication because there's no such thing as just being friends. And yeah. if I hadn't lived the life that I've lived... I would that I'd be totally swayed by what you just said, but you can be, you absolutely can be, but that wouldn't make for great drama in this situation, you know that we that we need the tension, and the will they won't they, but you know Brian and Caroline after their affair, have been friends, cool friends, but they have been so there are mm. numerous examples in Ambridge alone, of people having a leg over and then being able to put it behind them, beside them. Mm. Yeah, well, maybe a leg over is one thing, but when it's when you think that you might be in love with somebody. Mm. And again, maybe we need Cosmo here, but I can't remember the exact dynamic of Caroline and... It uh, was Brian. a leg over. It, it was wasn't just, love. It was a bit of fun. Mm. Okay. Let me think on. Go on to the next call, and I'm going to think of a relationship the... where. Because I was only I was only little when that happened, and I remember hearing them sniggering about Jennifer, and thinking that's so mean. That's mm. just really, really mean, and feeling disappointed because I really liked God knows why. As a small girl, I thought Caroline. <laughs> I was I was, I admired Caroline, but I did, and um, 
and feeling really disappointed in her and thinking, oh, you've been taken in by a man. Oh, I don't like you so much now. You know, it kind of all, oof, it was it was a bit of a bit, a bit depressing, really. Mm. I remember just that, that sort of um, feet of clay thing and thinking, ooh. Anyway, yes. Vicky from Ambridge. The lurkers are coming out, Royf. Um, they're all Smashing. popping out of the woodwork, led by Sarah Hyde. She led the charge out of out of the woodwork and now they're all following hello dumpty dum it's vicky from cambridge here i just tried to leave a message as a first time caller in error but apparently somebody who was listening said that i was speaking about the speed of an express train and i was gabbling a bit like my first driving test when i was so desperate to get it over with it we ended up cornering on two wheels and in the end i could hardly take a breath and <gasps> right so trying this one again hello dumpty dum vicky from cambridge here First time caller in her, I've been lurking for absolutely ages. But this week, something made me think, I've got to call in, I've got to call in. Because it's been such a long time that I've been listening before I actually plucked up the courage to uh, to call in, I thought it better be something deep and profound. So here goes. Ready for the deep and profound comment? Ooh! That was it. The, the Adam and Charlie thing. I was, oh, he can't go, can he? I've actually got to really like Charlie. I went from really disliking him and he was a bad guy and he was Justin Elliott's henchman um, to now we've got to know the guy. He's actually, he's a really good character. Apart from the fact that the, the whole Adam and Charlie intrigue has been a really good plot line, I don't think he can go. So my plot prediction is that Charlie stays. Um, the other thing that I wanted to mention was Alex, hideous Alex, and well done, Phoebe. But why is it that all the men who come along who are the new squeeze for an archer's woman are all horrible? They're all dick dastardly. If you look at look back at all of the ones that have come along recently, you know, all any well, anything that was attached to Helen. But all of them, you know, there's sort of something deep and sinister and not right and they've always turned out to be a wrong and that's all I wanted to say, apart from thank you for a fabulous podcast. I really enjoy it every week. You keep me sane in the uh, in, in Cambridge's horrible traffic jams. The other thing is, do you remember when you were a kid and you really used to actually enjoy the adverts um, in between the main programme? Well, it, I'm a bit like that with the Sarah Smith adverts. I think they're fabulous, so keep them coming, please. I'm really, really en enjoying them. And yes, I agree, John Lewis ought to branch out into funeral care. Finally, finally, just to say what I do for a living, because otherwise I'll, I'll be in the naughty, on the naughty step, um, I, I used to be a facilities manager for years, and I now, I'm now in purchasing and working in a facilities department, so that's a glory, glorified way of saying I buy the toilet roll. Um, but let's face it, somebody has to, and the whole place would be on its knees without, hmm, I've just realised what I said there. Oh, one more thing, uh, well done to Andrew for uh, sitting in and babysitting the show last week. You did a fabulous job, and I hope that there's a nice, comfy comfy cushion in the wardrobe if Royfield's put you back. Yeah, she says that she really doesn't want Charlie to go because she really likes him. And a lot of people, he's been on a journey, Charlie, hasn't he? Yes, like those yes. top idol people. He, um... He has warmed a lot of people's hearts. And I think it's because some people, you know, they kind of resist. <laughs> they they hide their vulnerability. Charlie wears his pinned to his forehead, doesn't he? Really, <laughs> bless him. He doesn't take very long before Charlie is telling anyone that will listen. I'm actually not very good at my job. <laughs> you know, whatever. He just kind of, he's gone from being the world's cockiest man Mm. Who whose entrance into the village consisted of blocking Pat in at the village shop by parking across the back of her car so she couldn't get out, to now trotting around the village going, I'm sorry I've messed everything up. I'm, you know, I'm rubbish, aren't I? I'm sorry. 
and I think that sort of vulnerability that he displays is uh, quite endearing from the Potter ones. The, 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 I don't the... think it's anything to do with that because he's oh, really? only, he's only just start he's only just in the last week turned around and said actually I think I've been shit at my job. He's only just said no, ages because he was oh, relying on going, no you're not charlie you're okay great no he had his big meltdown with the botulism didn't he when he was sleeping on the floor and whatever and that that's when it re i'll, I'll give you that i'll give you that i think it's unrequited love that people we all of us at some point have been in love with somebody and not had our feelings returned back to us and that's the reason why people have kind of warmed to uh, him okay. it's not because he's incompetent you know, it's you know, and uh, and it's questionable as to whether he really is. It's because he's in love with somebody, and he hasn't made a total ass of himself with the whole Ian thing. No, he's, he's, been compo- he's been dignified, but you know, he said, "Well, this is my last chance. God damn it, I'm going to have a snog, and yeah. whatever else happens, great." And yeah, I think that's fair enough in love and war myself. And I think it's that that he's. He'd been dignified with his chasing of Adam and he and then as a character he has uh, been fleshed out from this uh, Charlie Barber spreadsheet I've got a clipboard yeah. I can find my way around yeah. an Excel spreadsheet into somebody who admit, admitted that he's never actually been in love um, he slightly swings both ways um, slightly you know. I think he swung to be honest <laughs> as he swung there and back yes <laughs> He swunged. He mm. swung about mm. like a flag in a high wind. Yes. You could well be right. Hello, Nothing Chester. Nothing wrong with that. It is Chester the cat. Hello, Chester the cat. Yeah, he's just jumped on the bed. He's looking around and saying, what the hell is going on? <laughs> Who are you talking into a computer on my mm. bed? Right. Uh, who's next? Well... Uh, there's an email, but before we go, I just have to point out that you've just said... I know, yes. I put Michelle what? in twice. What, no. What have I just said? No, you, you've just used the be- single best sentence I've ever heard on Dumpty Dum. And it just makes what? me realise how much I love doing this podcast. Chester fact, the cat is on, is on the board. No, that someone can get away with going, well, of course, there was that meltdown over the botulism. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of a show are we listening to where people are having meltdowns over botulism? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Anyway, I just thought I'd point that out. Um, we have had a email from mm. Ms. Bubbles. She has a plot prediction. Oh, good. Being a leap year. Yes. Oh, God. Whenever there's any uh, uh, calendarish anomaly, that always provokes some kind of hackneyed storyline, doesn't it? I think there will be a proposal on the 29th of February. It could be Pip proposing to Matthew, but I'm hoping not. The other alternative is Fallon proposing to Carpet Burns, which I think is more likely and better on so many levels than at the wedding. The story of their meeting, that is Carpet Burns arresting Fallon, will become an amusing anecdote told by the best man. I think you are spot on. I could absolutely see that happening. Mm. That sounds all quite reasonable. Yes, and you'll be very upset, won't you, Fallon getting married? Well... You know, gone off her now. No, no, no. I still burn somewhat of a candle for her, but she's hardly in it anymore, is she? You know, it's just tiny little bits of oh, we're just yeah. you know decorating our little bit of the farm shop, and you know, yeah. so yeah, yeah. Mm. <sighs> um, Sue Howarth. 
talked about the um, anniversary episode. Mm. She's wondering, I was wondering whether it was described in advance as groundbreaking because it was entirely based at Brookfield and the only people who spoke were David, Ruth, Jill and Pip. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure if this has been done before on the show and maybe the script writers thought it was equivalent of one of the famous EastEnders two-hander episodes like the one with Ethel and Dot. Do you remember that one? I do. Mm, It's lovely. Mm. Yeah, and they're all talking about the war, weren't they? Yeah. It's lovely. Yeah. So, yes, that could well be, but I still don't... (laughs) I think the I think the problem was the Shea Cambridge to its core thing. I think that that, <laughs> that keyed everybody up to such a to such an extent that we were not going to be happy until someone had died a horrible death. And mm. to get just four mainstay, fairly dull characters chatting on wasn't really what people were expecting with the words groundbreaking. So if they'd said, you know, um, I don't know. Agricultural practices might change. They <laughs> <laughs> just described it as alternative or unusual or something. Mm. But I think groundbreaking made us think, way, someone dies. No one dies. Mm. Um, Mark Wilson would like his salute back, please. He said, I am sorry for inadvertently breaking the first time caller in of rules. But if you were an IT consultant from just outside Milton Keynes, you'd probably keep quiet <laughs> about it too. <laughs> I think for that he deserves a salute. Um, I don't know. I've got a bit of a, you know, I really admire the fact that, you know, he's trying to stand up for himself here. But if there's two places on planet Earth I've got an issue with, it's Swindon and actually Milton Keynes. And this is serious. (laughs) This is a serious point here now, right? Because um, I think I mentioned uh, that I'm, did I say that I was doing this podcast with a new statesman? Yes. Right. So, and it's all about cities. So, ergo, it's about town planning. Yeah. Now, if ever you want an example of town planning gone wrong, it's Milton Keynes. I'm not saying, right, that the people of Milton Keynes aren't industrious and, uh, you know, and incredibly smart, right? But in terms of an urban place which is of a human scale, which has landmarks which are easily identifiable in terms of a city and uh, you would actually want to go and visit again being a tourist, Milton Keynes is kind of bottom of the list. That's number one, right? Then number two, as a football fan, you should never say you have a second favourite football team, but I do because I've moved around the UK way too much not to have allegiances to other football teams. One of the football teams that I do follow after being a Birmingham City fan is Wimbledon FC. So if you are a Wimbledon FC fan, the fact that the team went off uh, and was sold as a franchise to Milton Keynes some 15 years ago, I Uh, cannot uh, and I do not. I have two massive black marks against that place. So, Kevin. Oh, Mark. Mark. Sorry, Mark. I don't know. Mark. I'm so desaluting you, so so stridently that your eyes will just water. But oh, it's a good, I, I'm, I, I'm sorry, but Lucy, I can't. I just can't. Can I salute him instead? You can do whatever you want. There you go. I'm doing a Benny Hill salute with my tongue out and both eyes. <laughs> no, no. Jokes aside, um, yes, you you've been saluted and uh, welcome on board. You've first time caller in who has uh, righted your uh, inadvertent wrong well done and and he also said mm. um that 
about the calendar girls thing he said archers actors acting parts oh. in a play not playing the parts we're used to hearing them in and that's why it was hard to get into Ooh, Talk, what talking about calendar girls mm-hmm. right i've had a little email as you would say a email from goddess diva um. and i know that uh, miss alberto uh, on the old forum on www.com uh, basically said come on let's get this calendar done and it's all for a great cause now this is the update on the calendar we have enough photos for the calendar i have been a little bit busy rushing hither and dither and i have to because um the way that the pictures were uh, actually captured some some of them are in higher quality that, than than others but i figured out a way so that if we print them all up they will look kind of consistent it's going to take me some time to get this done. So um, I will get it done. The calendar will come out and everyone will look spiffing and smashing and it will look great. <laughs> so just bear with me. The calendar is going to happen. Everybody that sent in pictures, um, you will get your month in the sun, so to speak. And a special thank you to Goddess Diva who rallied the troops somewhat. And I think through her efforts, there were at least five months of being covered by people that she's uh, uh, gently cajoled into dropping their kegs and uh, getting on <laughs> on this calendar so um, it will happen um but it could well be february by the time this thing happens because i'm gonna have well to go... no one does anything in january anyway it's exactly. fine who wants to know exactly. about the dates in january just mm-hmm. look out the window and the whole thing looks like a wet flannel so why would you want to go out there <laughs> uh talking of calendars and dates and things it's mm. annie brown's birthday happy birthday annie hope you have a lovely day happy birthday annie happy birthday annie that was a very dynamic no 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 happy birthday millie button yes no she was tilly button tilly button i said millie what's up with me today i'm getting everything asked about it's that cat it is right a lot can happen in three years like a chatbot may be your new best friend but what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. What now? <laughs> who knows? Um, it's I think- ad break Twix. time of the week oh yes ad breaks 
It's the story of a cultural superpower that danced and sprinted its way to success. It brought the world reggae, Colin Powell, Rastas, Hip Hop, Bob Marley, and much more. Its story is told to you in full colour for your podcasting ears. It's the story of how Jamaica conquered the world. Search for it on iTunes. How Jamaica conquered the world. It's probably the best least known podcast in podcastdom. Search for it today. Seit der Reichsgründung ist es, glaube ich, 1914, June, Sarajevo, the heir to the throne of Austria-Hungary, Archduke Franz Ferdinand, assassinated, killed by a Serbian nationalist. About six weeks later, World War breaks out. Germany, Austria-Hungary, Russia, France, Britain, everyone is drawn into it starting in August, and then... Will America be drawn in? Listen to the first show exclusively on Mixcloud today and subscribe to us on iTunes beginning January the 18th. From Washington to Obama, 10 American Presidents, the new podcast from Royfield Brown. Do you have a National Trust sticker on your car? Do you think you could be best friends with Kath Kidson? Do you spend hours wandering around the airport looking for an organic quinoa cafe because you refuse to go to Burger King? Then Sarah Smith Cloths offer you. Available from Sainsbury's. For the Posher Washer, proud sponsors of Dumpty Dum. I've just had a look at the Dumpty Dum shop. They've got no tracksuits, but they do do t-shirts, which are very flattering. Nice if you want to show off your figure a little bit. Nick couldn't carry one off, of course, but I can. Good day, everyone. I've had one of the busiest and most fun weeks ever on our Facebook page. It's been really uh, lots of dynamic conversations and uh, lots of interaction between people, which I've really enjoyed. Uh, A couple of days ago, I got a lovely message from uh, Tracy Shevin, I hope I've said your name correctly, who sent some photographs of her in her Dumpty Dum fashion wear. Uh, thoroughly impressed me because I said, oh, can I put that on the page, please? And she said, yes, no worries. I'm currently in Bulgaria skiing. (laughs) Um, Seems incredibly exotic from where I am, especially as it's stupid hot again. Um, But anyway, she looks fantastic. Go and have a look at her on um, our Facebook page and uh, perhaps you will choose to look as good as her in some of our uh, fashion wear. Uh, But the main discussion this week has been when I asked you, uh, what were your expertise? And the letters, the uh, post started coming so fast that I actually put together a document which I think could be useful to uh, Royfield and Lucy because I realised we have so many experts out there and we do have things that happen from time to time with uh, on the arches where we go it doesn't feel quite right but I'm not an expert in that Uh, and the the Oc Health and Safety people turning up to do the food safety health was a really good example where I thought really but actually I don't know so I just thought I'd read out some of our wonderful coronaries and what they um, what they what their expertise areas are and you're a very eclectic group the what's just before I read some of those out though the one thing that really stood out was the number of people who said, I haven't actually called in yet, but I intend to. I implore you, please do. As Royfield and Lucy say every week, without you, we actually don't have a show and we want a show. So 
without further ado, here are some of your responses. We, there was a lovely one from Kate Swift who said, not sure knitting is an expertise unless Lillian is passing off other people's matinee jackets as her own creations again. <laughs> but I spent 16 years working as a pharmacy technician, if that's any use. Robin Win- Winning says, contracts, contracts, contracts. Been waiting a year now for Ed's non-disclosure agreement with Barrow Farm to come up as an issue, but nothing yet. Also, via my daughter, I can provide expertise on horses and regime change. Oh, the other lovely thing was lots of people gave us um, their Twitter handle. So I've, I have put all these into a document uh, in case we need to use them in the future. Denise Tomlinson said, dusty substances here. I hope I got the chirpy sound that you always have. <laughs> uh, weight loss consultant in case Ambridge Fat Club comes back to haunt us. I'd forgotten that, Denise. That was a brilliant story thread, wasn't it? And Jennifer Preston said, don't do the Twitters. Is being on here any good? Absolutely, Jennifer. Being on here is very, very good. Fiona Siobhan Powell says, I'm not a caller in other, although I might get around to it eventually. Please do. Um, I'm a radio producer on air host with my own daily arts and classical music show on an NPR affiliate in northeastern Pennsylvania. Paula Brass says, I'm a leader in a Browning unit, so if any girl guiding questions pop up, I'm your woman. She also said she was far too nervous to call in, and that she said she wasn't sure anyone would understand her northeast accent. I don't. I honestly don't think anyone cares, Paula. In fact, it's part of what makes it such a wonderful mix on our program that we have so many accents. Please call in. Pam Crookshank says that she organises a snowdrop festival, and she also sells trunks to youngsters going off to boarding school, university, and she works in a library. Look, when I was reading these, and now I'm rereading them. What an interesting bunch we are. Judith Lawrence is a trustee of the Cornish Culture Association charity, which runs traditional festivals. You can see how all these expertise could be really useful for our podcast. Alice Thomas is a teacher and specialises in teaching adults with learning disabilities and mental health difficulties. And she is still hopeful that Bethany might make a reappearance. And as she says, it would be great if there was an actor who had a regular actor with learning difficulties and I have to say I do find that uh, slightly odd because we all know people in our lives who have learning difficulties they're part of our lives and they're a normal part of our lives and it seems very odd that there isn't someone in the archers thank you Millie Bell I conflated Annie with Millie when I said uh, Millie Button Mm. Mm, that's what I did right now hashtag the archers tweets of the last seven days oh by the way not that I'm taking everybody back to my weekend in Sonoma County, but I kind of am. Last w- Robin said, I was tweet of the week last week. It made my week. She went off and told all, all and sundry about it. So it's a real accolade. It's a real accolade. This is Lucy. Well done. No, no, no. Seriously, jokes aside. Yes. You know, people are like, you know, people, are, there are people around the globe that are by I was going to say by their radios by Were their you tweet of the week last week not me Robin Winning was oh I, I told you what she Did... when she sat round her kitchen table having pea and pea and oh, ham soup that's... and she said I was tweet of the week and it really made her week oh good 
So, yeah, there's people all around the globe who've tweeted about the archers and then they listen to Dum Dum and they're like, oh God, it might be me, it might be me, it might be me. It's like the lottery. It's like exactly. the 97 million squillion quid. Yeah, but your chances of being tweet of the week are somewhat higher than actually winning the lottery. <laughs> Though the rewards are somewhat less. <laughs> yeah. Swings and roundabouts. Mm. Um, right, should we do tweet of the week then? Oh, yes. Helen Ruth Child said, the heart wants what the heart wants and a man who really appreciates your ploughing proficiency. <laughs> yes. uh, Mary H. Trussell said, this was, I loved that piece about when Jim and um, Jim and, and Jazza were talking and she said, Shula is not a fan of pork pies in the sitting room. <laughs> and Mary <laughs> said, is it because they're pagan? I wonder. Hashtag mm. no pagan pork pies. Um, Rainbow Warrior said, Brian, is that his happiest? Curled up in front of the fire with a nice bottle of red and somebody else's wife. Cat uh, <laughs> Brown, lovely Cat Brown, said, Fafafafa, Charlie, tell someone about Rob messing up the dairy. You came in like a wrecking ball and you're leaving like a paper bag. <laughs> <laughs> Very true, yes. And um, this is Tweet of the Week. I don't know if this is this is... This is a bit of an odd one because it's a conversation between two people. So technically, they're both tweets of tweet of the week. But anyway, yes, this is a conversation between uh, Sarah Skelding and Mrs. Trellis. Mm-hmm. And Sarah Skelding said, "I have little love for Matthew, but given Matthew, Rex, and Tobes, and a pistol with two shells, then my choice is clear." And Mrs. Trellis answered, "You would shoot Toby twice just to be sure." <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yes. That's very good. Yes. And um, that's it. All right. Well done, everybody. It was an all female shortlist again, can I just say? Presuming Rainbow Warrior is uh, a woman, I think it is. Mm. Not a Greenpeace ship that was sunk by the French uh, Secret and Service. Warrior, not Warrior. Warrior. Oh, a uh, Warrior. Okay, good. Uh, I love uh, it when you clear these things up. I know. Mm. Um, just before we uh, close up shop. Yep. for another week there is going to be a dum dum meetup next sunday at pie the bar pie which is at 1432 valencia street in san francisco uh get your ass down there for 3 30 p.m and uh there should be a nice little gaggle of us and guess who's coming doug salty old sea dog point will be there along with robin the two jennifers we've got somebody coming from oakland oh it's just i I can't wait it's going to be most awesome um so there's going to be lots of pictures of that which we'll put on our book of face page but also on our website so um just repeat that if you are in the bay area and if you love the archers and if you can then put up with dum dum because of your love of the archers get yourself down to pie on valencia which is in the mission district next sunday at three thirty. so that's that and just whilst i'm here because i've been doing my globe trotting <laughs> i have to say i have to say mary not contrary uh, thank you uh, for a lovely evening out in uh, Southern Ontario, in Burlington. Um, she, she's she's most lovely. And we talked about lots of nerdy things, uh, as well as the archers. And we had a lovely pizza together. 
So Mary ah. Not Contrary. And it's a real shame that her hubby didn't come because he's a real kind of American history political geek oh. and we would have talked about 10 American presidents. But Ashok, he sent, he did a lovely uh, tweet and, and a lovely review and um, they're a lovely couple and that was really nice. Good. So there you go. Right. Shall we do shop news? Yes, why Right, not? shop news. Whoa. Right, shop news. Get your stuff. <laughs> <laughs> we can't read out all these things that people have bought but okay let's just do the names then and then we'll just alternate the names go tracy shevin staffordshire mrs janice winch from cumbria jonathan kempin sorry mr a crump from worcestershire paula democratic party pajamas how long have we been selling democratic party pajamas <laughs> i thought you were we, i thought we weren't doing this sorry i just that just kind of sprang out at me um paula brass in cleveland k gill from tyne and weir Doug Font. Who sent a lovely pic on our book of Facebook. I saw page. that of him on the high seas. He was definitely on the high seas with his flask of coffee with his dum dum sticker. That, that was most coffee. excellent. I've never right. seen a man less who looks like he drinks coffee. <laughs> <laughs> there was rum or... You were, yeah, there was some molasses-based drink in there, wasn't Something there? Something that you'd say yo-ho-ho ho before you drank it. <laughs> Yo ho ho and a nice cup of coffee. That's mm, not them. Definitely. Oh, mm. Do I have to sing? Reviews, yes. news, news of reviews. From the United Kingdom, we have Mimsy who says Dum de dum is a high spot of every week. Blimey, Mimsy, you do need to work on your weeks. <laughs> <laughs> Over in neutral Switzerland, wasted my Dasha pines. That we are wonderful stuff. And the Entente is still cordial in France, where Claire, aka. Quilterin24 on the Twitter says... We are brilliant. Yay. But we did have a somewhat... Mm. We had... we had. It was very funny, this was. Um, if we had any hams, other half came in and said, Oh, are you listening to that show, Dumb and Dumber? <laughs> and then said, Where's Royfield this week? So having pretended... Having other half pretended mm. that they didn't... That they didn't listen and they didn't they didn't like us and they weren't impressed. But they noticed that you weren't there. Ah, oh, I, I I got all offended for a second. I I thought I thought that I was dumber. I'd prefer to be dumb. I'll be dumber. I don't mind. Okay, great. Um, where are we now? So remember, folks, we have a website. Our website is dumbjum.com, and you can go there and add articles to it, and you can comment on the shows. Uh, but what I definitely need you to do is to go onto the forum. The forum, considering it's such a place of such reasoned debate, um, it's, it's a little bit of tumbleweed in the last week. I don't know if it's because everybody's kind of got back into work mode, but if you've got five minutes, please go onto the forum and just post something or answer somebody's post because it's a little bit quiet. Since Christmas, it's got a little bit quiet and um, that's a little bit sad. So please go onto the forum and do stuff. But also, um, as well as just going on the forum, you can message other callerinners directly if you sign up and log in. Now, um, if you'd like to uh, help us keep our little show on the road, uh, you can do that in a couple of different ways. You can go to patreon.com forward slash Dumpty Dum and find us to support the show for $2. Or if you want to simply donate, you can go to dumptydum.com and hit the donate button on the site. And we would like to thank Joe Andrews. Victoria Cole 
and Mrs. Sheila Snowden for the donations this weekend. Remember to get in contact with us. You can send us a voice message via SpeakPipe on our site or you can call us on 0203031 to leave us a telephone message if SpeakPipe is up the fritz. Or you can find us on social media where we are at dumdydum, uh, on specifically on the Twitter. So you can tweet me or I'm at Royfield. Or me at Lucy V. Freeman or Sarah Smith at Sarah underscore Smith. And of course, we're on the Book of Face where we are Dumpty Dum. So go onto the Book of Face, type in Dumpty Dum and you'll bang into our page where we have over 900 Lyca Lurkers and we want to get up to that thousand Lyca Lurkers before our 100th show. What are we going to do for the 100th show, Lucy? When is the 100th show? Um, seven more after this because we're at 93. Oh, okay. So it's coming up. Ooh. The consensus seems to be we have a big fat actor on the show, but more people seem to be that should be all about the caller inners and the listeners. Yeah. Mm. Um, but how we do that, only you, dear listener, know. So you've got to call in or contribute somehow by going onto the Book of Face or tweet and just give us some ideas of what we should do for the 100th show because it's going to be momentous. <laughs> Well, it only giggling will be if, for. Someone, if someone does something, it's going to be momentous. No, it might not be that just momentous. getting to that figure in and of itself is momentous. Oh, I see. Yes, it is. Considering mm. we thought we'd do about three before we disappeared into a pile exactly. of dust. Who thought you and I would still be talking to each other? I know. After 90-odd episodes. It does help, though, that you're on the other side of the world. <laughs> that probably makes things easier somewhere. I don't know. <laughs> what are you saying? I'm difficult to work with. <laughs> Royfield the diva. No, you're not at all difficult to work with. I think you're more diva-like than me. Oh, I am. Yeah, I'm Definitely. a massive diva. Yeah. But it has to be I'm said. I'm a deep sea diva. I <laughs> has to be said, though, that you're a consummate professional and you are ridiculously, ridiculously consistent in, uh, you know, your your monologues are great every week and you turn, you turn up and you're present. And I'm somewhat variable. So for that, Freeman, <laughs> that I... sounds like the long, long-range forecast. Royfield Brown, variable. <laughs> oh, I am. <laughs> North well, South Utsira and North Utsira, that's me. You, know, you don't know what you're going to get, you know. Cromarty. <laughs> oh, bloody hell. Cromarty. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 Luce, fair play. Fair play to you. You know, you, you bang these things out every week and you're on point. Well done, missus. Thank you very much. I don't mm. know where quite all that came from, but anyway, yes. What were we say? Oh, do we really? Say, I should have saved that for the hundredth show, shouldn't I? <laughs> Shot me bolt too <laughs> soon. Too soon. Yeah, exactly. Oh yeah. God. Thank God for the editing process. I'll edit that bit out then. <laughs> Throw save it, it on the hundredth show. Save it and put it back in again. Yeah. yeah. All right then. Okay. Goodbye, dear listener. Goodbye. Bye. The Agora Podcast Network. Agora is a marketplace of the mind where intelligent, independent podcasts meet curious and discerning listeners. Our network of shows includes... American Biography. The Bohemian Podcast. How Jamaica Conquered the World. The History of the Papacy. The History of England. The History of Alchemy Podcast. Mid-Atlantic. When Diplomacy Fails. Thousand and One Conversations. History of Anglo-Saxon England. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. 
And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Secret cabinet from Germany. Ten American presidents. The History of Germany podcast. The Agora Podcast Network.com. Listen to Agora today.